Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up at the Starlight in Waterloo over the next little while, including their annual Halloween costume party with DJs Surreal, Flash, and Penny. There's also first, second, and third cash prizes for the best costumes. You get in with a costume for five bucks. If you don't wear a costume, it's ten bucks. And that's all happening at night on Friday, October 31st. Then, on Tuesday, November 4th, Mo Kenny and Kim Churchill appear together. And on Wednesday, November 5th, DJ Qbert is in town. That's That all sounds really good. Starlight is located at 47 King Street and is uh, the affiliated Jane Bond, which has been voted one of the best vegetarian restaurants in Canada, by the way, is around the corner at 005 Princess Street. You can visit starlightsocialclub.ca and janebond.ca for more info. Before we get to the uh, guest today on this episode, I want to mention that I'm flirting with the idea of starting a Patreon page. A listener of the show, Colin Medley, who's a pal of mine, tells me about this thing called Patreon. He heard another podcast, the Canada Land podcast, was doing something with Patreon. And basically what Patreon is, it's like a crowdfunding thing for existing stuff. It's not a Kickstarter. It's a crowdfunding thing. So if you like a thing and you want to support it, you can pledge a monthly amount. And what I'm asking, I'm thinking about asking people for is a dollar, four dollars. I want to try to raise a couple grand a month towards doing the show. Because I've been doing the show for over a year and a bit now. And the show does well. On a lot of levels, you know, people seem to be listening to it. It gets covered by... It's been covered by lots of major publications and and all that stuff. But I've never really made a dime off of it. I've made the odd... You know, I write a 15... I write an article and I make like 15 bucks. But I I mean, as you know, I put together a lot of episodes. We're almost at 140 episodes twice a week. No money. Why am I doing this? I don't know. I, I need to do it. I like talking to people. I seem to be half decent at it. So, I'm close to pushing the button on this Patreon thing. 
And if you're a listener of the show or if you're new to the show and you want to support the show, please consider. I'll have more info when I make a decision. I'm just, I'm close. I'm very close. So I just want to mention that to you because I think it's a good show and what the hell? Maybe I sh- maybe we can all support it and I could make a bit of money and support myself instead of scrambling and doing all this stuff that I do. Anyway, kind of, this is why I'm, it's, it's almost weird talking about it. It's seems odd. Anyway, this is a good episode. I'm very pleased with it. I'm talking to Ish Palisir Lazaro of Shabazz Palaces. We had a conversation a couple of months ago now. I just haven't posted it yet, but it was uh, to do with uh, their new album, Les Majestés. And since, since we spoke, there have been some new tour dates added. The tour has gotten more extensive. And I should mention, like I kind of in the intro suggest uh, when you hear it you'll hear me suggest that they're playing a bunch of shows in Europe and the United States up to October and that part was true but they've expanded their European tour that's very extensive goes all the way into November and then mid-November they head back to North America and they're playing a bunch of shows with Julian Casablancas opening up and those include uh, stops in Chicago on November 18th Detroit on November 19th the Cool House in Toronto on November 21st. The Corona Theatre on November 22nd in Montreal. November 25th at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. And then November 26th at the House of Blues in Boston. And that's everything I see on subpop.com right now. So just a, a note, more tour dates. Go see Shabazz Palaces. This is a great chat. It's a short one, but it's a great one. I'm happy with it. Check it out. Myself and Palacio Lozaro. Kazoo and CFRU 93.3 FM present the Burning Hell, Toronto's Blimp Rock, and Kitchener's Man Meets Bear in Guelph. This is a rare area appearance by the Burning Hell, who of late have been situated in such remote areas as Newfoundland and Germany. They remain one of the most awesome bands ever, so please come see them on Wednesday, October 22nd at Silence, a fully accessible venue located at 46 Essex Street in Guelph. The show is all ages and begins at 8 p.m., Look for CFRU's Raise Your Voice table and contribute to our Tuning in the Neighborhood funding drive in October. For more information, please visit kazookazoo.ca, silencesounds.ca, or cfru.ca. When it's time to kick off, because my body is mortal, but my rhymes are unkillable, looking to slide through the sun with all its different syllables. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444. For pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade.
have names To slice the hammer to the stars will claim us To further along the spaceway Yeah, that they play Languages of dancing When they close this dawn For new and nice to pop our little romances The whips whip up as to slice the air is flash Killing barrels, they move around strapped up Without chains Palacir Lazaro is the founder and frontman of the excellent and inventive Seattle hip-hop group Shabazz Palaces. Once known as Butterfly, one of three MCs in the pioneering group Diggable Planets, Lazaro was born Ishmael Butler, and his actions suggest that he was brought here to make a difference. The critically acclaimed new Shabazz Palaces album is called Les Majestés, a wonderful constructed seven-piece suite of 18 songs, which is out now via Sub Pop Records. Its creators have described Les Majestés' dizzying array of beats and rhymes as an attack, and it's true. There's revolution in the air whenever Shabazz Palaces touch down. They're on tour throughout the U.S. and Europe between August and October, and here now to discuss their current state of mind is Palacier Lazaro, a.k.a. Ish. Hi, Ish. How are you? Is that it? That's it. That's all I'm going to say. That was the best intro ever, bro. What do you mean, man? I need to copy of that, man. I'm going to play that everywhere I go now. <laughs> well, I think what I said was true. And, uh, you know, I believe it. I've seen the band. I like the band. I like what you're doing. That's how I feel. Everything you just heard was my feelings. <laughs> I love it, man. Thanks, B. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, how you doing? Swell, man. I'm doing good. Sitting up at the uh, sub-pop offices overlooking beautiful 4th Avenue in Seattle, Washington, man. Everything's good. Nice. So how are things in Seattle these days? Seattle's in a good place? Yeah, it's good. It's pretty nice in the summertime. We've been we've been hot and sunny. It's a little cloudy today, but it's been real beautiful, man. Yeah, we got the same thing here. Erratic weather, but it's nice. It's nice here up in... I'm, yeah. in, I'm in Ontario. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, as I say, the album has been described by yourselves, by you in particular, as an attack. Can you can you elaborate upon that? What is it an attack against? Um, a lot of things. In a nutshell, suckers and suckerism. Stuff like um, materialistic points of view or approaches when you know better. 45-year-old men making songs about shoes and sneakers and cars and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I just feel like Music is is a very essential endeavor, and you should be chosen by music. You shouldn't choose to do music in order to get to some other, you know, destination of that's in your mind that has nothing to do with rhythms and harmony and melody. So, you know, you look at the game, not just rap, but all fields of entertainment, which basically spans from teaching all the way through to politics, Everybody's just stuck in a sort of a me mania, and this music, this is kind of a, a, a sonic attack on, on that mentality. That's all. Now you say there's a couple of interesting points you raised there. I want to ask you about the me mania thing again too, but as it relates to hip hop, because I think it's it's an interesting time we're in, and I want to get to that. But you, you did say something else that this 45 year old men trying to act young. And this is kind of, in terms of pop culture, rock and roll culture in particular, there's this Peter Pan syndrome that develops that everyone gets afflicted with, where they want to appear hip and young all the time. Is it possible, by your reckoning, to age out 
of talking about that sort of stuff? Um, I think that, you know, you have to, you have to have a certain level of intelligence and style in order to see acting young and being youthful is two vastly different things to me. You know, youthful has to do with a brightness of outlook and energy and a certain preserving one's essential um, frame of mind, if you will. Whereas acting young is is just kind of immature and being adolescent when you should have tried to, you know, grown out of that. But, um, yeah, AJ, I'm just saying, like, at a certain point in time, I feel like there's people that continue to proliferate these sort of youthful ideas and song titles and structures and subject matter when in actuality they know that that isn't something that they should be doing or even want to do, but they think this is the only way that I can relate. And relate usually means be popular, stay famous, and make money. Right, You know. right, right. And talk about the material possessions you've amassed, whether it's art or cars or shoes, whips, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Now, the me mania thing, as it relates to hip-hop, is interesting to me. We are living in this age where everyone is really self-obsessed. Hip-hop, when I was a kid, when I was first getting into it, and I don't think it's altered too much, there was this sense of self-elevation, this sense of bragging, mm-hmm. this sense of, like, how do you see the, the evolution of hip-hop as it relates to where we are at now with Instagram and Twitter and this constant need to put ourselves out there? I think that uh, you're right in the sense that you can kind of draw a line from the original days of hip-hop to what popular culture is aiming for and achieving right now. Is this like everyone has this early hip-hop sense of self, but the disconnect is that there was an essentialness from the situation that hip-hop was born out of in which the people that invented it needed to to save themselves, in a sense, from their social, economic, historical situation. Whereas now, a lot of these people don't have that to give any essence to this 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 rising up of themselves, this propping up of themselves. And also, too, you know, surviving that socioeconomic situation, you you had reason to celebrate and, and, and celebrate yourself. But it was also done in a very community-oriented um, environment and situation. And also, there wasn't corporations and billions of dollars involved in it as well. So it just had a certain essence that I think has been lost. Yeah, I, that's a really valid point, I think. Now, hip-hop appealed to me also when I was younger because it seemed, to use your phrase, it did seem like an attack against the existing political and cultural and social power structures. Now hip-hop represents that same power structure. How did that conflict emerge? I guess it's pretty, I think historically that's what happens, you know, I, but in terms of like, an underrepresented group of people, eventually, through sheer will in some cases, they will uh, be the power. But do you see that as a conflict? Um, 
Well, I mean, it's imperialism, you know, it's just, it's just what America does. You know, we, we conquer frontiers and figure out a way to box it up, slice it up, put borders around it, call it certain things and then sell it back to the people that, you know, invented it often. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, that's just, yeah. that's just what we do, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not strange at all to me. It's not. And and that's what I dug about hip hop because hip hop was a time like jazz, you know, when black people under uh, oppressed people, if you will, people that were under the yoke of a system, basically were saying, "Hey, look, you know, we we don't we don't rely. We're, that's not our point of reference for existing anymore. We're creating something that is independent of." blaming anyone for anything. It's just beauty. It's, and, and, of course, we touch on these subjects, but at the same time, what you're seeing is uh, is just very buoyant, overflowing love of life and, and humanity. And, and that's that's what I really did about hip-hop. Yeah. Now, the new record begins with a song called Dawn and Luxor. What is your personal connection to Egypt, either as a, as a historical site or in its present state? Why kick off the album this way? Man. They're heavy questions, aren't they? I'm asking some heavy questions out there in Seattle. I know it's getting heavy out here, man. I see why the intro is so long now. <laughs> <I> gotta... <laughs> um, you know, it was it, a lot of times, man, when we name stuff or we think of song titles or anything like that, it's just like an idea popping into to one's head. The song to me sounded like dawn, like a dawning in a sense, and it built really slowly into what it becomes. And so at the time I was reading this book, um, Poetry of Ancient Egypt, that my bro Nepsid who it gave me. So all of these things coincided to probably make that idea come into my head. But I, I only have a romantic uh, link to Egypt at this point in time. I've never been there myself, but mm -hmm. I was close with somebody that was, yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Now, within that, there's this, within the idea of naming things, there's this term uh, that you've named your record off. What is your definition of the term uh, Les Majestés? Um, I like, I like a, an attack on the sovereign power, treason, um, uh, an attack on majesty, an affront to majesty. I like all of the definitions. I mean, when I found out the term, I was shocked, man, coming up the way that I did in a very kind of politically active, revolutionary situation with my parents mm -hmm. that I hadn't heard the term until I was late into my adult life. So I was just I felt like I had found some gold when I saw the term. And each definition I was coming across, I was just like, yeah, yeah. I would like to do that musically and sonically at, at the shit that's kind of going on now. So it fit perfectly when I found it about a year ago. I didn't discover it. I found it. Like a lot of, a lot of times nowadays, people think they're the same thing. I didn't want to take claim to something that I you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've read that you've made a point of saying that, that some of these ideas, some of these concepts, these songs, they kind of come to you and you can't pinpoint where. Right, for right. sure. Yeah. Now, is it weird to you at all, and I'm just springing this on you right now, but when I heard your record 
title, and I looked it up in terms of a definition. Do you suppose it's weird at all that your album title made me also think of Watch the Throne? No. <laughs> is, there, is there a connection between this idea of sovereign power and what Shabazz Palaces are up to right now? Yes. You see some complacency among the leaders in hip-hop culture, the perceived leaders in hip-hop culture. You know, I can't really say, man. I don't want to get into assuming that what I see from snippets of these really larger-than-life people's lives, like... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sound bites and YouTube videos and comments after video. Like... I don't want to get into the get into the rut of thinking that that makes up some comprehensive something comprehensive enough to call anybody on anything. But at the same time, it's hard harder and harder for me to relate to or discover what is being gone for. What is you know the point of of the, some of the stuff. So yeah. It's 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 a quandary in a sense, you know, because you know we love and respect all of these guys, and they've given so much to us. And you know, who knows what what comes in their path, and and you know helps to motivate them for some of the choices that they make. All we get down is this kind of trickle down consumerist information, which you know it's not fair really to to jump on cats with so little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of their lives, so yeah, you you know what I mean. I mean, you could call BS on stuff, but eh, can you really? You know, you gotta kind of. I don't look at it as as just those people or those stars or that those albums. It's the whole country. It's everything to me. It's world. It's a worldwide thing as well. So I don't want to point the finger at a few cats. You know. Yeah. No. But you are clearly. If not beyond disappointment, you sound upset with what's the state of your culture, the state of hip hop culture, rather. Yeah, yeah, and, and our culture, like our pursuit of of progress, is diminishing humanity at a crazy rate, and everybody's just with it. You know, everybody, nobody's—I won't say nobody, but by and large, everybody's kind of careening towards this. You know, me and my device, kind of atmosphere that it just doesn't seem fun i wonder why we pursue this as a as a people as a as mankind you know like this very lazy look at progress and advancing you know yeah who do you view as your as either leaders of hip-hop culture right now or even your contemporaries like who do you see as doing sort of positive work right now um i really like i liked down south music like Gucci Mane and and like 
you know, that, that kind of stuff. I like the Chicago drill scene. Like the kids that for, essentially are living on the front lines of a, of a war zone, this war zone that America has created socially, you know, and where you got, you know, people who live in certain adverse, we'll call them adverse situations or challenging situations economically, educationally in terms of opportunity. But once again, embodying this beautiful hip-hop spirit, here they come with, you know, new sounds, new rhythms, new cadences, new ways of talking, new slang. Like, those to me are the people at the forefront of, of, of they're my leaders in hip-hop. Right, okay. Okay. Yeah. And what what actually first got you into music as a kid? I I'm not really sh- sure of your sort of origin story. I mean, we we kind of peripherally know that you're into you, you were at one point sort of into this melding of of jazz and hip hop, but I assume that's like an oversimplification of where you came from and you know what got you into it. What, what can you talk about that? What got you into music? Um, basketball. Basketball. And I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my dad. For, for my dad, basketball and jazz were just inextricably linked together, not only just in his mind, but watching basketball all the time as well as listening to jazz music and oftentimes doing the things on top of each other. So at a young age, I played alto saxophone in the jazz bands in middle school and high school. So that's how I kind of really dipped into music for the first time. Okay, and then uh, gradually you discovered... Hip-hop culture, or? Yeah, I mean, like most cats my age from my neighborhood, we I, I was seduced and devoted my life to hip-hop soon after the first couple of recordings that I heard, you know? Do you remember what they were? Oh, yeah. Um, well, of course, rap is delight. I mean, it's kind of cliche now and almost even forgotten now, but you can imagine what it was like hearing that for the first time as a kid. I probably was early teens or something, 13. Yeah, and then um, all the Grandmaster Flash, Furious Five, all the Sugar Hill singles. But for me, it was it was Rock Kim, Eric B. is president, and my melody single that really really brought it home for me. And then when I really really jumped into music was Three Feet High and Rising. Right, Daylights. That, that was that was the whole shift for the kid, man. Right. Now over the last few years, and maybe. Just beyond, I think just before Portlandia really hit, the sort of hippie mysticism of the Pacific Northwest began to kind of be a well-known discussion point. And on some level, I assume there, that for people who can't understand maybe the more esoteric aspects of Shabazz palaces, there might be a connection between your region and what's going on there with the music you're making. Can you comment on that? Do you see a connection between the mentality of where you're at in Seattle with uh, the music you're making? That's interesting. Keep keep going. Let me think about it, but but explain more of what you mean and well, how you see it. Well, there's this sort of satiric idea of people who care a lot about stuff. Like The Portlandia thing to me is, because I live in Guelph, which uh, a lot of people here in Canada are like, well, Guelph is is Canada's Portland. We have the garbage uh-huh. sorting. We have the consciousness. We have the, uh, you know, this inner desire to make the world a better place. And that can mean, you know, mm-hmm. you know, biking around, doing stuff that, that, that elevates humanity. But you kind of are, are made fun of it a little bit because you take it so seriously. And, mm-hmm. and, and in some cases, it's, 
it's new agey, it's hippie-ish, it's it seems like uh you know, it it seems like some sort of weird it's it seems a little flaky or flighty and meanwhile we're doing the work you know i'm not saying me but <laughs> like right. c- cities like this are leading the way in terms of trying right. to make people more aware of their surroundings and how to live maybe not how to live that sounds you know but you know what i mean just sort of raising the consciousness how to live yeah yeah, yeah 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 so i'm curious about your connection to that because i feel the same push within shabazz palaces uh, this idea of betterment you know we can be better than we are that's interesting. I mean, I'm, I hadn't thought of it, but I'm kind of glad that I haven't thought of it, but you still recognize it because for me, the best way to be is in action and not really contemplating your action. I think that the Portlandia stuff is kind of taking the piss out of those that are contemplating and observing their actions and actually quantifying and, and marking them down as they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people, the essential cast that are really doing it, they're just doing it because they're compelled to, you know. So, yeah, man. I mean, that's cool. I, and 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 we do take that on, you know. That it, it does mean something to us to do better and be better. And it starts with ourselves. But we also it it would be cool to introduce that to someone else through the music and and start somebody on on thinking about something different. That that would be a, a major accomplishment in my book. Yeah, and I think you're onto it for sure. Um, now I know we we have to wrap up unfortunately pretty soon, so I just want to ask you what's next for you and the Black Constellation Collective in Seattle and and Shabazz Palaces. What's going on? Everybody's working, man. Like um, that's the thing that really defined the constellation was that before we ever sat down and had a meeting and you know started discussing what we, what we'd be capable of and how we would do this thing. That never really happened. What really happened was people were in the studio, people were in their painting studio, people were in their sculpting studio, and the result was different shows, different wet places wanted us to present our stuff and do it together. One of the bros might have an exhibit and one of us got a show. So it's through effort and through work that it even exists as anything that anyone even knows. So Mm -hmm. that's what's next, man, just continuing to do that. Okay, well, that's, that sounds like a good objective to have. Now, I want to tell folks that, once again, the new Shabazz Palaces record is an excellent one called Les Majeste. It's out now via Sub Pop Records, and the group tours the U.S. and Europe over the next few months. Oh, ish, Canada? You coming to, yeah. Can- are you coming to Canada or what? It looks like it. They're, they're talking Vancouver. I know we're going to do Montreal and, uh, and Toronto in the east. But, uh, yeah, that's all I know right now. Okay. Well, we'll keep our eyes open. For more information, people can visit ShabazzPalaces.com or SubPop.com. Uh, before we go, is it possible for you to pick a new song? Or yeah, I don't want to... It's interesting that you've got these suites. I wasn't going to suggest we play a whole suite, but is there a song or, or even a suite that we can play for people that uh, we can go out on? Yeah, um, go out on the suite that has... Um that has Ishmael in it and ends with 155th, down 155th. And uh, there's an intro song before that called Soundview. So it's three, but it's not that long. Soundview, Ishmael, and uh, down 155th in the MCM snorkel. Okay, you want that? Is there anything in particular you can tell us about that particular suite? I did, we didn't even get to talk about the suites, but that's okay. Is there something you can say about that particular suite and what it represents? That suite is autobiographical in terms of uh, looking at and 
few minutes of MTV in the intro got me to thinking about myself, which is the Ishmael song, and the people that were surrounding me. And that led me to be somewhat uh, futuristically nostalgic about the early days of hip-hop and that where the song went down 155th and the MCM smoke came from. So it's kind of like a biography, man. Okay, this is a biographical suite by Shabazz Palaces. Ish, it's always great to speak with you, and I look forward to seeing you uh, live again very soon, and I wish you the best of luck with everything. I feel the same for you, man, and I appreciate the intro, man. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Rest of the interview, not so good. Intro, stellar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was all good, man. Seriously, thank you.
what happened to my folks. Beauty, you bought by empty court. Loving what you don't, I can't understand why we couldn't hold sweat and place ourselves behind all these things we paid to play. Plus, when they laugh at me on the low, they smile.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.